It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it's that time of year. The Reds and Pirates have one more series to determine who is the best between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Pirates crossover. My name is Jeff Carr. He is Ethan Smith. We are both lifelong and long-suffering fans of our ball clubs. And while this year has been better for both of our teams, uh, far better than I ever would have imagined for the Reds, we still got some work to do for both sides as the Pirates have are coming in scorching hot right now. And the Reds kind of dropped two out of three to the Twins in very just crushing fashion. And they're trying to make it into the wild card spot. And the Pirates technically aren't dead yet, so there's lots of good baseball to be had. This weekend, we are going to look at who is coming into this series scorching hot, who's a little cold right now, and then we're going to give you our predictions for what's going to happen in this series. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Pirates your first listen every single day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And hey, we're free and available on all platforms. That's not something that a lot of sports talk outlets can say anymore. So it's, I I take that with pride that we can say that we are free and available to everyone. And before we jump into our discussion today, I wanted to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And Ethan, I can promise you this. This is going to be a fun series. Oh yeah. I mean, Pirates and Reds have played each other tough all season from opening day to the mid-season stuff that we saw with the teams looking completely different from those opening day rosters. The Pittsburgh Pirates, obviously still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but I think we can all agree that they are not going to make it in unless a bunch of different things happen. But for Reds fans, the Pirates did go to Chicago and knock the Cubs out of the playoffs as of today. So don't be too happy, though, because then we're coming to your city, too, and might end up doing the same thing. Yeah, coming in like big and rich. We're coming to your city. Um, I, I am a little bit leery of this because coming into this, the the Reds, and and some of this was early on in the season before Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz showed up, but the Reds are 4-6 and six against the Pirates this season, so they have to take all three games to win the season series. If uh, Pittsburgh wins even one of them, they win the season series. So there's a little bit of pride involved there for all the players involved, but also like you mentioned, the, the, they're coming in with so much momentum right now. And I know that momentum's a little bit of a fickle thing. It's not the same thing in baseball as it is in other sports, but there's something to be said for the way that they beat the Cubs in that series that yes, it helped out the reds, but I mean, it surely built up the confidence of the Cubs and one, uh, Mr. Palacios. Yes. And, uh, Palacios, of course, with the three run home run in the top of the ninth inning, of course, Dansby Swanson goes deep in the bottom of the ninth. So it ended up actually being the difference, uh, in the game being won or lost for Pittsburgh and the series being won or lost. Of course, it was the only time, the Pirates beat the Cubs in a series all year. They entered that series only have wanting one game against the Chicago Cubs all season. And you think about that from the Pirates' point of view, if you even add two or three more wins to that total just against one team, 
the outlook that you have, instead of being seven games back and four games back heading into this series, this series would be massive. And yeah. it's still massive for the Chicago or the Cincinnati Reds. But you look at Palacios too, and he had, he said that the players met and said that they wanted to treat this like postseason baseball because that's their goal next season. And when you're playing teams like Cincinnati, like Philadelphia, and like Miami to end the year, it's what you want to do. And Palacios, he is just clutches all get out right now. Anytime he gets in the eighth or the ninth inning as a pinch hitter, or even if he's starting. So yes, watch out for Joshua Palacios. And yes, that is the thing now too. His name is Joshua. His mother wants him to be, that's what she wants him to be called all the time. So it's reverted from Josh to Joshua Palacios. Yeah, that's something that the Reds are really going to have to take into account this this series is, you know, which which bats on the Pirates lineup are really hot right now. And, and something that even the Reds themselves need to take into account, Christian Encarnacion Strand is just the surface of the sun right now. He is blasting baseballs all over the field, coming up with some big-time hits, and yet he's not playing every day. Uh, over the last month, he has a decent amount of at-bats. He has, like I think, is 75 at-bats as I was looking at it, but also there's other guys with more, and I feel like Christian Encarnacion Strand has at least hit himself onto this lineup every single day. Over the last calendar month, he's hitting 324 with a 360 on base and a 606 slugging with five homers. Nobody on this lineup is hotter, and there's no reason for him to be held out of the lineup, although there have been some days where you just don't see him there. So I, I really want to see him every single day in this lineup because there's a couple of guys that so much as I hate to say it, Ellie De La Cruz, he's, he's really cooled off. Jonathan India really cooled off. Jake Fraley's not providing that sort of spark that we're used to, but CES is as well as a cast of other guys. So that's the guy that I'm really looking forward to the Reds leaning on in these three games. Yeah. And for the pirates right now, it has been the key Brian Hayes show. Key Brian Hayes has come back from his low back inflammation IL stint uh, in late July, early August. And we all know that he has the defensive output to be a gold glove winner. I talked about it on my show earlier this week that he finally has the batting average to win a gold glove award because for some reason that matters. Five of his last six games, though, he has multi-hit games in five of his last six games, including that Cub series where he had more than two hits in all three games against Chicago, and you talked about the last calendar month about uh, Encarnacion Strand in that 324 area. Key Brian Hayes is 325, 363, and 571 with six home runs and 16 RBIs in his last 30 games. And if you go closer to that, 355 average in his last 15 and a 419 average in his last seven. So Key Brian Hayes has kind of been the wheel that keeps on turning for this team. Not only offensively, but you also know he's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. And batters think about that when they're trying to take the ball over there. He had an impressive play last night, too. Brian Reynolds has been doing good things. Um, I don't have his stats pulled up at this current moment, but he's doing Brian Reynolds things. And they're just getting contributions from everybody in the lineup. But I think it's pretty clear with key Brian Hayes hitting the baseball that he's kind of the wheel that keeps turning for this team and keeps the train on the tracks and everything going. Hence why they have a very positive and good record since the all-star break, mm -hmm. even though playing some very good teams as well. 
And Key Brian Hayes loves playing the Reds in 39 career games. He's hitting over 300 against the Reds. So that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that he's, he's, he's doing well coming into this series. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, in the second game, I believe we said on the probable starters, Connor Phillips, uh, because his last outing was phenomenal. Uh, he was looking every bit the part of a guy who could be a part of this starting rotation. There were some folks mm-hmm. that wanted to pencil him in that moment. And I think that's a little premature. I want to see some more from him, but he had everything working. He was ahead against every uh, twins hitter. And when you look at the strikeout numbers, when you look at the production that he put up, that is just so surprising based on his first two starts. So, Yes, I've got to see more before I jump on the let's really put Connor Phillips in the driver's seat for a 2024 rotation spot. But the talent's there, and we've seen it in the minor leagues. We've seen what he can do on the strikeout side. But the the key for him is going to be keeping the ball in the zone and, and whether the Pirates will be patient and wait on him because, I mean, I don't even know that I've got to be a Major League Baseball advanced scout to tell you that, like, just be patient on Connor Phillips because he has a propensity to walk people, but mm-hmm. he did a really, really good job of limiting them against the twins on Monday. So how does he fare against this pirates lineup? That's just been red hot. Well, in the pirates speaking to that walk number are in the top 15 in major league baseball on walks, and they've been very patient at the plate doing so. And you looked at what they did yesterday in that game against Chicago, eight to six, the night before they scored 13 runs so they obviously have been very, very hot in terms of that number. But you look at the base on balls number, they didn't really walk that often. They had six walks yesterday, two of those coming from Jack Sawinski, who many in Pittsburgh hate Jack Sawinski for a lot of reasons, but he is the three common outcomes guy of baseball now. He's a home run, a walker, or a strikeout. That's just what Jack Sawinski has been for most of his career. But when you also have a 788 OPS, you're going to play on the team no matter what. So, yeah, the base on balls number is something the Pirates have been very good at this year. Uh, as Gary, who shows up on Mondays on this sh- on my show, always says all the time, if you have a pitcher that's going to nibble around the zone and the umpire is not going to give it to you, Pirates are going to probably win that game. That's just basically how they operate under the Andy Haynes offense. I feel comfortable in saying that at, at some point this series, Jackson Wincy is going to hit a home run. Uh, I just feel like he does that to the Reds. And I think that this pitching staff is prone to that. And the key is how many guys are on base whenever you do give up that homer. That's really where the key mm-hmm. is going to lie for this Reds pitching staff against a very, very scorching hot Pirates lineup. The Reds lineups looked pretty good, too. Well, this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun series. I'm going to be interested in the over-unders um, on each of these games. We'll have to see where uh, FanDuel puts their lines and things like that. But I, I know this. Not everybody on the team is scorching hot right now. We are going to look at a couple of players that need to figure it out. They need to need to turn some things around here in in a quick way. That's coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about bird dogs. I am comfortable in saying that these are the most comfortable pair of shorts that I've ever worn. And I know that right now, Ethan, you are wearing some as well. You can speak to their comfort very, uh, very immediately. Yes, very much immediately. So I'm wearing the uh, joggers right now. So it is getting a little colder outside. So maybe you don't want to wear shorts, but you know, the built-in liner is great. 
Um, the joggers are great too. They're not super thick. So if it's in like the sixties or the seventies and you don't want to wear like thick jeans or anything like that, wear some joggers, wear the bird dogs. They're great. They fit great. They're going to fit you wonderfully. Yes. And as someone who would probably describe myself as thick, uh, they are very key in, uh, you know, keeping you cool. You, you feel like you can go through your entire day and, and not, you know, get, not get, uh, not get all sweaty down there. So Check them out today. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and use promo code locked on MLB. You'll also get a free water bottle with any purchase of bird dogs. So go get yourself some comfortable shorts and pants and a nice little water bottle to boot. That's bird dog birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or use the promo code locked on MLB for the best pair of shorts that you will ever own. Also, presenting today's episode is DoorDash. Uh, I don't know about you, Ethan, but there are some times where I'm hungry, but I don't want to go anywhere, but I also don't have anything to cook. And so that's where DoorDash really comes in clutch. Yes. And very much so. Uh, there are definitely times where I wake up and I want to have a coffee and then I realize I don't have coffee in the house, which is probably my own fault. So, you know, you just find the local coffee shop or Starbucks or whatever your coffee fix is as he drinks his right now to shove it in my face that he has coffee in his house. But you could go to DoorDash and do it. The Dash Pass is great, too. Uh, you can make sure that you don't have to pay any of those pesky delivery fees on orders over $12, which is always very nice. And a lot of the restaurants now are picking up on DoorDash's stuff in terms of their menu pricing so that you can stay around that $12 mark and still give a good tip, too, to your Dashers. So you've got to love DoorDash. And there's definitely a lot of times, too, like the other day, I went to pull a, pour a bowl of cereal and I didn't have any milk. So you can also go on DoorDash and order some milk or, you know, get you that cup of sugar that you really need. So you don't have to walk down to your neighbors and ask for some cup of sugar. DoorDash will bring it right to you. Check them out today. Go to DoorDash.com and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 50% off your first order of up to $20 uh, there. So yeah, it's doordash.com and use the promo code. I'm sorry, get the DoorDash app and use the promo code locked on MLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks as always for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Pirates your first listen every single day. Reminder, if you can't be down to Great American Ballpark for this series, you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Pirates hometown broadcasts on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds or Pirates. All right, so this these three games, we we know who's coming in like a like a comet, like a super scorching hot. Who is really ice cold right now? And I'm gonna start because I hate to say this, and and there was a very unfair headline that was written about. Mr. L.A. De La Cruz, I believe uh, it was one of the local news outlets here in town, uh, called him L.A. De La Bust. Come on. Give, give him a break. It's 21 can I, years Can old, I but... add something to that, by the way, before anybody goes and reads that article? They, credit yeah. field, they credited field per, uh, fielding percentage as one of the reasons why he's a bust. Take that as oh. to – take that as to – whatever you want to take it to. And yes, they did change the headline afterwards, but that still doesn't mean that you're not for lack of a better word, stupid. It's yeah. Fielding percentage is not a thing to quote for 
anyone. No. I always love whenever, you know, like you'll always hear someone talk about a catcher and they'll just be like, man, this fielding percentage is really, really? Yeah. Catcher fielding percentage. That's what we're going to go with. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, there's been some defensive struggles for him. He's had some errors. He's had some miscues. He's not hit well. Um, his last calendar month, he's hitting below the Mendoza line. And it's one of those things where, although the headline was completely unfair, the question must be asked, does Ellie deserve everyday playing time? And right now it's hard for me to say yes. And I hate to say it because the dude's got crazy, amazing potential. He's 21 years old. I will hammer that. I've heard so many people that are just like, that's not an excuse. That's totally an excuse. That is an absolute valid excuse. But for right now, while the Reds need to win every single game that they possibly can, they've got to be putting out their best, most potent lineup every single day. And it's hard for me to say that giving Ellie De La Cruz four at-bats in a game is a good idea right now. He's got to figure out the plate discipline just a little bit more. Yeah, and Ellie De La Cruz, again, I'm the host of the Pirate Show, and I'm not going to call the kid a bust because I'm also watching kids his age grow right now into what they're doing and one of the guys for the pirates that we all saw grow pretty quickly from a trade acquisition that we got a couple years ago is Andy rodriguez who's hitless in his last three games he's hitting 210 on the year and interestingly enough hits 183 in nl central games so not exactly a like crazy stat line for Andy rodriguez now i'm not going to say he's cold as far as cold goes I mean, Quinn Priester is Quinn Priester at this point. He's a rookie pitcher. There's not much to fix about it this late in the year. It's just going to be stuff that he's going to have to adjust to in the offseason. But it is hard to just pinpoint cold anywhere on this team right now, except, I guess, starting pitching, since you really only have two starting pitchers, and Mitch Keller and Johan Oviedo, who you're probably avoiding at least Oviedo, maybe Keller if he doesn't pitch on Sunday. So that'll probably be to the benefit of the Reds as well. And Henry Davis just came back from his injury too. So he's not really that cold either. He's going to take time to adjust. He's been learning how to play right field, catch, and hit MLB pitching all in his rookie season. That's a lot to learn. Um, You look across the roster though, the guys that you know are going to show up are key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, Joshua Palacios as of late. Uh, Connor Joe, possibly Jack Sawinski, as you mentioned, some of those other guys, I think that's the difference in the pirates winning or losing in this series though, is do those other guys show up in some capacity like they did in the Chicago series where everybody was hitting the baseball and not to like bury the lead on the predictions there, but that is going to mean a lot on if the pirates can play spoiler to the reds or not is does the supporting cast of those guys I just mentioned also offer some things like they did in the Chicago series. Well, and you're talking about a, a, a Reds pitching staff that, especially on the bullpen side, has just been crazy overworked this season. And and really, and, and before we get into this, because I keep thinking this, every time I think of Ellie De La Cruz against the Pirates, I keep wondering, when are we going to get Ellie and O'Neill on the same field together that's going to be such a great series to watch in and of itself next year hopefully hopefully next year everything works out good everybody's healthy everybody's playing well and in the major leagues and we get to see de la cruz versus cruz yes very much so uh apparently it also looks like the pirates are starting luis ortiz tonight 
So that could play in factor of the Reds. That is a probability from ESPN. That is nothing that is like set in stone by the team. Uh, but we'll see. And you mentioned that over under earlier, nine and a half for tonight's game. That is interesting. a interesting. So I'm assuming they believe that it's going to be a, a little bit of an offensive game between these two teams. And I just think that's how it's going to be down the stretch for both of these teams. You, you have the- this four runs. Right. You know, and, and, and you will, and you'll see, um, you'll definitely see some struggles from both pitching staffs, I believe. I mean, we're talking about one of the most hitter-friendly parks in all of Major League Baseball. But not only that, as unfortunate as it is to say, I think I would kind of characterize Andrew Abbott as a little cold. I, I wouldn't say he's ice cold, but he's definitely not hot right now. His last five starts, one of them have been good. The rest of them have been right about what the Reds starting rotation has given the Reds on a whole this year. I went back and I looked at it, and for the most part this season, the Reds have averaged just under five innings a start. That is tough. And it really just speaks to the talent in this bullpen. I know that saying that right now sounds crazy because the last game the Reds bullpen blew this, but this Reds bullpen has been one of the biggest reasons that the Reds are where they are at this moment because the starting rotation has been hurt. It's been super inconsistent. I mean, me me and Steve kind of chuckle at this all the time. But Ethan, once upon a time, Luis Sessa was in the starting rotation. And, and that feels like a lifetime ago. But with Andrew Rabbit going tonight, I can see the nine and a half over under because he's just he's really kind of hit the downslope as far as like, man, I, I this is more than he's ever pitched in his life. And this is far more high leverage than he has ever experienced in his life. And so you put all of that stress on a dude that is still learning just how to throw major league pitches against major league hitters. And you're going to get those struggles. It's not something that surprises me, but it's definitely something that needs to be taken into account on this Friday night ball game. Yeah. And for all the people that want Paul Skeens to start on the opening day roster next year, rewind and listen to what Jeff just said like 10 (laughs) times and then realize why Paul Skeens does not need to just make a gigantic leap up to major league baseball next year. I'm, I'd be interested. That's another, there's a lot of great, like budding rivalries of like, just not, not rivalries, but like player matchups between the Reds and the Pirates for the future. I mean, Ellie De La Cruz, O'Neill Cruz, Rhett Lauder, Paul Skeens, like all this good stuff that I think is just, I mean, this, this rivalry and all due respect to our friends at locked on Cubs and locked on Cardinals and locked on Brewers, the Pirates and the Reds are about to start running this division. I, I don't know if they know that or not but it's about to start happening here in the next couple of years. It really so, depends. Yeah. That's a, that's, I, a, that's a story for another show, but it really depends on what those other three teams do in the off season. I have to get us an off season round table on about yeah. that might be a tease to a later episode, but let's tease to the next, uh, the next segment, which is our predictions. What do we think will happen this weekend between the reds and the pirates? That is coming up right after this. As we tell you about another one of today's sponsors from FanDuel. Right now is the perfect time of year to get into FanDuel. If you haven't done so already, they've got this amazing offer for folks that are creating their account today. Wager $5. Get $200 back in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. And we've got great, like we mentioned, over under 9.5 on FanDuel tonight. 
for the Reds. Luis Ortiz going against Andrew Abbott. You're going to have lots of different pitchers in this game. You're going to have lots of good hitters stepping up to the plate. We've got NFL football action this weekend. You got Steelers on Sunday against who are the Steelers playing, Ethan? The Las Vegas Raiders in the most expensive ticket of the NFL season on Sunday night football. And no, that is not a joke. So primetime games for both of our favorite NFL teams as well, because the Bengals have Monday night on the will he or won't he Joe Burrow play against the Rams game, uh, but also the Ring of Honor game too. I'll be in attendance and I'm looking forward to that. But FanDuel is going to help you enjoy all of your sports action, whether you're talking about football, baseball, whether you want to do uh, the money lines, the prop bets, the over-unders, same game parlays as well. Check them out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, create an account, wager $5, get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for checking out today's Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Pirates crossover. If you can't be down at Great American Ballpark for these great three games, final three home games of the Reds season, you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Pirates hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds or Pirates. All right, Ethan, it's prediction time. Three games. The Pirates, honestly, the Pirates right now looking like the better team just because of the last couple of games. But overall on the season, where the Reds are looking for this, this is going to be a very interesting series. What do you think is going to happen? Um, again, these teams have been evenly matched all year. The Reds are trying to get into the playoffs. The Pirates mathematically not eliminated from it, but I think it would mean a lot to them if they – Win one game, you at least clinch, I believe, if you mentioned it earlier, you at least clinch splitting the season series against them. Now, another thing that I'm not going to predict, but that can happen that I know is on the minds of the Pittsburgh Pirates is that they sweep this series. They would finish the season against the NL Central 26-26, and 26, which is nothing to shy away from at all based off of what we've seen since I was the host of the show and even before that considering that series win against Chicago in Chicago was the first time the Pirates won a series at Wrigley Field since 2018. But I look at tonight's game, and I look at four of the top five guys who hit a home run on FanDuel are Pittsburgh Pirates, that being Miguel Andujar, Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski, and Key Brian Hayes, with Votto actually having the shortest odds, if you guys want to go do some of that. I, I want to say two out of three for the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I would have to know if Keller is pitching on Sunday or not, and that's not a definite. If he is pitching, I have a lot more confidence in saying two out of three there, considering the Pirates' only losses in a series this month are to the Yankees and the Atlanta Braves, and that Atlanta Braves series was on the road, so they've only lost two series all month. And it's not against crappy teams either, Jeff. I mean, it's against, you're talking like the Brewers, the Cardinals, who are kind of the Cubs, and then you have this series. So it's either going to be Cincinnati winning two out of three or the Pirates winning two out of three. I don't see a series sweep in the cards for either team. I just think these two teams are very evenly matched in terms of what we've been talking about on the show as well. So officially, I would say the Pirates at least get one win here and maybe win the series, but I don't see a series sweep anywhere on the horizon for either of these teams. 
You know, it's funny because yesterday or uh, earlier today, um, I was talking with our friends over at Cespedes Family Barbecue, and and I teased to this episode, and I said we are going to convince Ethan why the Reds are going to sweep this series. And the more and more that I kept thinking about this, the more and more I kept thinking there's one thing that bothers me is that every series the Reds have one game where the lineup just goes to sleep and they will have two games where the lineup does its job and, and and plays really well. And then it's just depending on the, the pitching performance of that night but there's one game where here recently it just seems like the the lineup will get three, maybe four runs, and that sometimes just isn't enough. And so because of that reason, I'm going to walk back my comments a little bit. I'm going to say the Reds take two out of three. I'm with you. I think the, the Pirates do get that one win. That will give them, uh, looking at the numbers, that will give them the season series. That will give them seven wins, and then the Reds could only get six if they win two. But I, I just I, I feel like where the Reds are right now, they need to sweep this series. It's it's going to be a position that the Reds cannot lose. I just I, I feel like the lineup, they have one dud in them for every three games that they play. I could see that being Sunday. I could see Sunday, kind of like you mentioned, it's it's TBD right now for the Pirates. I could see it being Mitch Keller. I could see him coming in here and pitching really well. He's pitched really well against the Reds this year in the, the outings that he's had. And there's just something about this this rivalry. It's it's turned into an actual rivalry, not one that you want to put on you know a WWE Monday Night Raw or something like that, like it used to be. It's just good baseball now. It's just fun to watch these two teams play. As fans of them, it's nerve-wracking as heck, and you really, you really kind of like, oh my gosh, here we go again. But if you love baseball, you should love Reds Pirates because these two teams just play each other so evenly. Because of that, I think the urgency that the Reds have, they'll get to. But I do believe there's going to be one in it for the Pirates. Yeah, and I, I just think this team right now, is trying to prove something going into next year that they can play with these teams that are playoff teams and prove it to themselves. And I think that's what Cincinnati is trying to do right now too. Cincinnati obviously is in a much better position to actually get there. But even if you don't, at least you instilled something in your young team that they can fight alongside these teams for a full 162 games and in September when it matters most and eventually get there. And I think that's what both of these teams are trying to learn right now, just at two different spots. One thing we can dunk on everybody else is that any national prognosticators, any any people who talk about the sport as a whole and not just looking at singular teams, expected both of these teams to be competing with the 100-loss plateau. They expected both of these teams to be completely irrelevant, and that has not been true because both no. teams have hit their over. And I'm very happy to say that. And that is that is the beginning point as to why I think, and, and I agree with you, the offseason is going to be interesting to see how the Cardinals approach it, how the Brewers approach it, and how the Cubs approach it. Because we know the Cubs love to throw money at stuff. We know that the Brewers are very, very smart in their movings. I, I still kind of think they're going to tear it down at least for a year or two. And then I think the Cardinals are, they could do anything at this point, And it wouldn't surprise me. But I think that it's all setting up for this division to at least be 
a one to two year stretch where the Reds and Pirates are at the top running it. And that is why I'm so excited when these two teams play. Always. It's always a good time. It's just unfortunate that I believe next year they don't play for like the first month and a half of the season. Weird schedule. Is is that going to be the weird thing? Because like I remember that the Reds played seven of their 13 games against the Brewers in July. We're going to do that against the Pirates. We're just going to pick a month and be like, this is the month that we play the Pirates and we don't play them again any other month. That's going to be. Well, I mean, it kind of happened this year. It was opening day and then we didn't see each other again until like June. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And that. Is how we're going to end today's crossover. Thank you so much for checking out today's Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Pirates crossover. Remember, this series is going to be a lot of fun, and we are going to have you covered every step of the way. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Ethan at MVP underscore Ethan. You can also follow Steve. Steve's not with us. Uh, he'll return on Monday. Uh, but make sure that you're following both of our pods because we will be locked on Reds and locked on Pirates every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.